0: Welcome to Rewished, a charmed 1998 Rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning.
1: We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler-free, so we welcome fans new and old to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows.
0: Currently, we're on season two. I'm your host, Jess Savanko. And I'm your host, Mia Sabanko. Now, let's get into this week's episode.
1: This week, we're discussing season two, episode 10, Heartbreak City. It originally aired on January 20th, 2000, and had 7.04 million viewers, a dramatic increase from the previous
0: week. So, we open up and we're in some office building. We get an external view of the city at night, and then we're inside of that office. There's a man in a red sweater and jacket, and he's kind of standing against this column in the building. And then we see this man, Max, walk up to this woman named Cindy. And they have this, like, awkward small talk, and then they start walking together. It kind of seems like they like each other. The guy in the jacket says it's a match and smiles, and the ring he's wearing glows red. He follows them down the steps as they keep talking and then they're about to separate from each other and he uses his ring to somehow slow down time. And he says to Cindy, I know those last few loves of yours didn't work out. You've been hurt and you're scared, but you've got to take a risk if you want to find the real thing. And Max is real. Open up to him. And then he turns to Max and he says, and Max, Cindy's love and compassion await your discovery but she's afraid you're still in love with your ex-wife. You've got to reassure her. Now, life is short, you two, so have a better one together, okay? And then his ring glows again, and time goes back to normal as he walks away, and the two of them turn back to each other and decide to go get coffee together.
1: So, obviously, this is a good guy. You know, he's setting up matches together, and these two, I assume, aren't maybe are important we'll see to this episode but not too much going on we get like an idea that this is going to involve something with love and relationships
0: exactly like he's using some type of magic ability to set up couples that's kind of what we're getting here
1: and then in the alleyway the guy in the jacket walks out there and he's attacked by a demon in dark clothes and the demon says hello old friend I've been looking everywhere for you. And we find out that the demon's name is Drazzy, And he keeps throwing him around and then starts talking again. And he says, you couldn't leave it alone, could you? You just had to get involved. And the guy in the jacket says, you crossed the line. And he's like, cross the line. I am the line. You're the one that went too far and now you're going to pay. And he reaches his hand into his chest and is like twisting it. Like he's twisting his heart or something. And then he says, you're killing me. He's like, I'm going to do a lot more than that. How does this feel, huh? I could tell you. I know now, thanks to you. I know what it feels like to have your heart ripped out. You don't want to feel that pain, do you? And then he drops him to the ground and steals his ring. And then we find out that he uses it to slip in between heartbeats and plant thoughts of love. And then he says he's going to borrow it and use it to tear apart some of your more recent unions. I'm gonna turn love into hate and that hate is going to slowly and very painfully kill you. And in the end, you're gonna wish that I had ripped your heart out. And then Drazi leaves and the guy in the jacket stays on the ground holding his chest in pain without yeah. his ring now. So, so
0: like Drazi is high drama and I love it.
1: I know, like we don't know exactly what happened there, but kind of get the idea that he, that uh the guy in the jacket Messed with someone that Drazi loved.
0: Yeah, there's some type of history between the two of them. And Drazi's felt some type of heartbreak. And obviously, the guy in the jacket had something to do with that.
1: Exactly. So, until we get a little more information, there's not too much to get into right now, but getting a little, a little slight background (laughs) on what's going on.
0: Exactly. So, then from there, we go to this movie theater and we see. Prue, Jack, Piper, Dan, and Phoebe all walking out. And Phoebe's like fifth wheel cutting in. And Piper says, oh, would you stop that? And Phoebe says, well, it is a double date. And Prue says it would have been a triple date if Kevin hadn't canceled. Phoebe says, it seems like an epidemic lately. Guy's canceling on me. And they go through what happens when a guy cancels. And Jack's kind of like, oh, there's a penalty. And all three of the sisters are like, oh, yeah. And they start talking about the movie. And Phoebe apparently slept through it and is being very cynical about love. Then they all go into this coffee shop and Phoebe decides that she's just going to go home. The other sisters and the guys go over to the counter and Phoebe's looking in the mirror when the guy with the jacket appears behind her and tells her he needs help and starts like grabbing her and she's like, let go of me. He says, hate will destroy me and everything else if you don't help me. She's like, I'm warning you, buddy. He's like, Phoebe, you gotta believe me. I know why you can't find love. And then Dan notices that this guy is like grabbing Phoebe and runs over. The guy sees Dan coming and runs out of the store and Jack and Dan both like chase after him. And then Prue and Piper go up to Phoebe and ask if she's okay. Prue asks her what it was about and Phoebe says that she's not sure.
1: So here's the thing that I was kind of thinking about. I kind of wish that they didn't like... Like, I wish they developed these stories a little more, you know, like, I feel like a lot of episodes, they start them out with like, like, oh, one sister feels this way. And then obviously they work on that throughout the episode. Like, it's part of the theme, but we never see that before, you know, like all of a sudden here, it's like, oh, Phoebe can't find love. And obviously that's going to be something throughout the episode, but that was never really like talked about before. I mean, she never got into a real relationship, but her struggling with that and having this idea about love, like it was never developed before, you know, like they just threw it in the episode to kind of create a story. Just yeah. like just like when we had talked about the episode with their mom's drowning where we meet Sam and all of a sudden Prue goes to this place to think all the time, but we've never even seen it before You know, like I hate when they just kind of throw things in there without developing them beforehand in like other episodes, which I feel like they do a lot. I mean, it works, don't get me wrong, but I do wish they had more history with these things, you know?
0: And there was an opportunity for it, right? Because Phoebe's had two one-episode love interests this season. Exactly. So either of those, it could have been like these feelings of like, oh, I'm not ready to be serious. Oh, I have to end it with them before they end it with me type of things coming up. And then when this episode came, we wouldn't have been surprised by the plot point.
1: Yeah, it would have made a lot more sense. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to say is that I, I wish they had included things like that more, you
0: know? Yeah. Also, the whole like triple date thing. I like, maybe this is just me, but like the idea of like double dates and like triple dates and all that type of stuff. Like, I'm just not into that kind of stuff. Like, I don't want to go on a date with other people. Like, just hang out with your friends and then go on a date with the person you're dating.
1: Yeah, it feels a little weird to me too. I mean, I've kind of done it before once and it was like fine, but it is a little weird, you know? Like double dates like that. I'd rather, I like it better when like, you know, uh, if I'm with the person I'm dating, you know, we, we hang out with our friends too. But aside from that, it's like, it, it is a little weird, you know, you ever heard of those like double weddings? No. I swear. It's like, I know I've seen like a movie too, but there, and I'm sure it's not common or maybe even not a real thing, but there are people who like get married together, like two sets of couples. I would never do that
0: like I'm sorry my wedding is about me
1: exactly like it's not even about my husband like I don't care about him this is my day (laughs) like that's it yeah no anyways the whole concept is a little weird to me too especially like fifth wheeling on that oh that's like so uncomfortable I've been there I've been that I've been Phoebe, you know?
0: Oh, I'm always a fifth wheel. Okay. That's like my place in life. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm always
1: the the third wheel or at least, at least I'm the third wheel. I'm not usually the fifth wheel. Cause it's usually True. not like two sets of couples, but I don't mind being the third wheel when it's like, f- it depends on the people. couple. Yeah. It, it kind of depends on them. Like if they're making it weird, it's like, okay. Like I don't know because sometimes when they're like super involved with each other you're like I feel like I'm not even wanted here like I shouldn't be here and it yeah it shouldn't be like that
0: yeah because like I've definitely gone places where it's like you know me ash aunt and then like one of their friends and that friend's like partner or whatever so like right. I have been like the fifth wheel in a situation like that but like you know like Ash and Ant aren't one of those couples who are going to make you feel weird around them and be like all coupling and gross and because like I just can't that imagine when you're by yourself yeah
1: <laughs> I've never seen that side of Ash and Ant together no
0: neither have I
1: like to me they're just like pals like <laughs> for those of you who don't know Ash is our sister and Anthony is her boyfriend and yeah but we're all like like it's like a big part of the family now like we're all really close so yeah it's kind exactly of a like they've been together six
0: years like he's really part of the family yeah and he's
1: they've always been like very like included, even when they were know? first
0: dating it wasn't weird to be around them like they were never that type of couple
1: no yeah they were they've always been great with that which is why I love them so much anyways but this isn't about them
0: (laughs) exactly this is about the Halliwells, and I'll I'll admit neither of them are being like weirdly coupley in front of Phoebe either so I'll give them credit there but it's just it's it feels like it would be awkward because I'm assuming that the guy Phoebe was going to bring this was going to be their first date maybe second Jack and Prue are kind of dating Piper and Dan are in a full-on relationship like it's just a weird dynamic yeah And, like, to
1: have your first date with two other couples is a little weird to me.
0: Like, how are you going to get to know each other when there's a bunch of other people there? Yeah, no. And seeing these, like,
1: like, you don't know if it's going to turn into anything, but you're over here with couples that are, like, basically full-on, or at least Dan and Piper, in a full-on relationship. And Jack and Prue have had a little, like, thing going for a while now. And, like, it's kind of like... a feels like a lot more pressure
0: yeah definitely and like you're meeting the person you just started dating's whole family like right away that's awkward too
1: yeah it's not I don't know the whole situation's a little weird but you know we've already established that the sisters have a weird dynamic when it comes to love or at least whoever writes them does yeah Um, because this isn't the first I mean this isn't the first time we've been weirded out by the things the sisters do with each other that we would never do with each other you know
0: yeah absolutely also can we just take a moment what the fuck is Prue's outfit in this scene
1: I know she looks like um like a
0: like she looks like she's out of a racist western film like what is she wearing yeah like I don't that's exactly
1: what I was thinking too she looks like um I don't I don't want to sound like an asshole because I don't mean it like she looks like an Indian but like but like like the racist depiction you see in a
0: 1950s movie like she looks like the way they painted like Native American characters in old-timey movies
1: exactly that's there you go I don't know yeah it was a very weird look for her just kind of thrown out of left field I guess
0: like, she's never dressed like that before. I don't think she's ever going to dress like that again. Like, I just don't get where it came from. I have no idea. I <laughs> know, uh, super weird.
1: If I was Jack, I'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, weird, but okay. <laughs> Aside from that, we pretty much just got the introduction of this guy. Exactly. In the into their lives.
0: And also, I mean, we get this idea that we kind of see this protective side of Dan and Jack, which is attractive, the way they're kind of like, wait a minute, why is this guy talking to Phoebe? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah,
1: I loved that. I thought that was so cute.
0: That worked for me. That felt realistic. And you know, I wonder what Phoebe's kind of thinking about what this guy said and how that's going to play out.
1: Can't wait to see. All right. So then we hear the theme song. And then we're back at the manor. It's the next morning and Phoebe is knocking on the door to Piper's room and then goes in and sees that her bed wasn't slept in. And then the same thing with Prue's. So then she walks downstairs and the phone rings and it's Prue calling from Jack's house. And Phoebe's like, did that coffee keep someone up all night? Prue's like, "Okay, believe it or not, all we did was talk. We talked about everything. It was really great. And she's like, really? How did he react to the witch part? And Prue's like, cute. Where's Piper? And Phoebe tells her that she's still at dance and says, hey, if only I'd bagged Mr. Creepy, we could have scored a Hollywell hat trick last night. And Prue's like, don't be mad. She's like, no, I'm not mad. I'm thrilled for both of you. I mean, it's been a long time. You deserve to be happy. And then Mr. Creepy appears behind her and is like, you're going to need a new lock on that back door. And she turns around and kicks him in the face and he falls back onto the stairs and Prue is still on the phone and she's like Phoebe and she hangs up and gets up and like runs out of Jack's house. And then Phoebe is in the fighting stance and Mr. Creepy's like, I'm getting rather used to you kicking love in the teeth. And she's like, who are you and what do you want? And she said, he says more importantly, I know who you are, Phoebe. That's why I'm here. I need your help. Charmed one's kind of helped. And then he says that he's Cupid and she looks unsure.
0: So I like this little scene, you know, um, the way Phoebe's kind of going to their rooms and stuff, all of that. And then her little phone call with Prue. I think it's very cute. I think it's very realistic. I think it's funny. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we of course get this scene with Mr. Creepy, who turns out to be Cupid, Um, which I think, yeah. you know, we were kind of getting hints at that at the beginning and now it's been made explicit for us. I like all this setup and this scene really works for me. I liked it a lot.
1: Yeah, this scene definitely worked for me too. Like you said, the whole phone call, the cute little herd checking for Prue and Piper and then him coming in and them their banter like that. It, It worked for me.
0: I think this is also, is this the first time someone approaches them as the charmed ones looking for help?
1: Yeah, like knowing who they are. Yeah, I think so.
0: Like we haven't seen many like, sources of good magic in the show other than the white lighters so far so seeing another like force of good who kind of like is like you're the charmed ones i need your help is a really interesting thing the show's setting up here and i wonder if it'll keep happening
1: i never thought about it you're right yeah i'm curious to see how like if they continue things like that people approaching them
0: So then we're over at Dan's house, and Dan walks into the bedroom with a tray of food, a box of jewelry, and a rose for Piper, who's still laying in bed. And she opens the box. It's a heart-shaped necklace. So cheesy. And he's saying that if she wants to, she can take it back. And she moves closer to him, and, like, they start making out. And then Phoebe appears in the doorway and gets Piper's attention. So she freezes Dan. She's like, Phoebe, what are you doing here? How did you get in here? and phoebe's like we've got a big problem and she brings in cupid and introduces him and he says hi and that he's sorry to interrupt that he's glad to see that things are working out with her and dan phoebe tells her that she needs to come home and cupid says yeah a demon stole my ring and he's going to use it to find all the loves that i've put together so he can destroy them which will in turn destroy me Phoebe says that he's telling the truth. The demon of hate is called Drazi, and he's in the Book of Shadows. Phoebe already started working on the vanquishing potion and Prue's on her way home from Jax. She's like, okay, hurry, kiss very fast. And then the two of them leave, and Piper goes back over to Dan. He finishes asking her if anything's the matter, and she says, yes, there is, but not with you. There is absolutely nothing the matter with you, but I do have to go. And Dan, of course, is super confused by this. She thanks him for the necklace and tells him she'll be wearing it tonight at the club and then kisses him again and leaves. Um. So side note, because this is the second time we've seen this for Piper, why do TV shows like to put women in like men's dress shirts to like show they had sex? It's like really weird to me because like I've never once stayed at a guy's house and borrowed like their dress shirt as my <laughs> thing to sleep in like normally you would wear like sweatpants and a t-shirt or something yeah it's <laughs> not their so business unreal. attire
1: <laughs> especially like if that's what they just wore on the date and then you like they you know you're taking off all your clothes whatever like I wouldn't want to put on someone's dirty shirt that like I know they just wore that's not you know like <laughs> Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. You know, I'd be like, can I borrow some PJs or
0: something? Literally, like, you would either borrow, like, other clothes for them. Like, you're at their house. They have a whole closet. Or, like, you would just put your own clothes back on. Exactly. It doesn't.
1: It's so unrealistic. But they do that a lot in shows. Like, every show and movie to show that they slept with each other or something, they always put them in men's dress shirts
0: like literally they could have put her in like one of his t-shirts and shorts and we would have gotten the same impression <laughs> and oh, it would have been yeah.
1: <laughs> more real. <laughs> it would have been a lot more realistic. Like we get it, you know.
0: <laughs> uh, you know, we see their relationship is developing more. We see Dan is like this cheesy romantic kind of guy, which I think Piper's the same type of girl, so I see that dynamic working for them.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I see it working, which is again why it's kind of hard for me to tell whether the show wants us to support their relationship or not so
0: I think the picture that I'm getting here is if Piper were still normal right if she had never Mm -hmm. walked into the world of being a witch they would be a perfect couple
1: yeah it's so true how unfortunate So now we are at a coffee shop and we see Cindy and Max from the first scene are sitting at a table together outside and inside a hand is holding up a cup of coffee and wearing the ring and then this time it glows green instead of red and they get up from the table and we see Drazi in the mirror watching them and he says, hello, young lovers.
0: What a line. Hello, young lovers. (laughs) Hello, young lovers. I love it. anytime I see a couple together that's just what I'm gonna say next time
1: like ants over can you please just walk in and like say that to them? <laughs> be like hello young lovers please that would be <laughs> hilarious all <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right that was not really much of a scene so I mean we can just
0: <laughs> yeah just a little setup um yeah
1: obviously so then we're planning on breaking them apart <laughs>
0: Yeah, we get the idea that he's going to do something to the two of them. Exactly. So then we're at the manor, and the sisters are sitting on the couch, and Cupid is kind of standing across from them. Prue doesn't buy it. She's like, we're actually supposed to believe you're Cupid. And he says, so you guys can believe in warlocks and demons, but not me. And Piper and Prue ask about the chubby baby and bows and arrows, and he asks about warts and hooked noses and pointy hats. Prue asks for him to show them something supernatural and he tells her that his power comes from his ring. That's how he gets into people's hearts to awaken love. And they still want proof of who he is. So he says, fine, Dan, Jack, Clay. Then he turns to Prue. He says, Andy, my sincerest condolences. Eric in London, Alan in college. Then he turns to Piper and says, not Jeremy the warlock. Joe in college, Barry in high school. Tim in eighth grade then he looks at phoebe and he says ken kyle steve mike ken again ryan joel martin peter paul and as he's like going through the list prue and piper are like looking at her with shock and then he finishes he says tony and phoebe's like super offended she's like okay you know i didn't love all those guys right and she he says yeah well they wanted to love you but your closed heart eventually sent them away She says, I don't have a closed heart. And he says, look, if people get the feeling that there's nothing there, eventually it's hasta la vista, Phoebe. That explains the recent rash of canceled dates. And she looks upset and Prue says, okay, so wait, Um, our past relationships, you made those happen. Cupid says, well, actually my assignment here is only two years old. I helped you to meet Jack and Dan, but most of your prior loves were the work of fellow agents. I'm just one of many. We work in secret all over the world, making connections. Piper asks if he connected her and Leo, and he says, no, that was the work of the two of you. Those connections were forbidden to make for obvious reasons. And then Phoebe wants to kind of like move the conversation back to her, but he says that they don't have time. They need to finish the potion. He says that him and Drazi can scent each other, so they'll be able to find him. And then he tells them that they're in danger. He says, if Drazi succeeds, eventually he'll kill your ability to love. And believe me, that's a face worse than death. And they all look at him.
1: I love the little, like, naming all of these people for Phoebe. Like, there's just a ton. And the way they're all looking at her, like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) That was funny to me. I liked the little comedy there.
0: Yeah, Um, it's funny. And And for them, are y'all trying to like shame Phoebe for going on a lot of dates? Leave her alone. Let her live. Let her be. Let her be. And the mention of Leo.
1: So we know Piper's still thinking about him. I mean, you saw that hurt puppy look in her eyes when she brought it up just now. And then, I mean, to find out that this guy is pretty much bringing a lot of couples together, or that's what they do and, like, Piper and Leo's was all on their own, it's just kind of something to think about. Like, does that mean that it's meant to be or it's not? Like, what are we supposed to think there?
0: Yeah, because it means that their connection came along without any type of magical assist, right? Theirs just came from something else. And, you know, is it destiny? Is it true love? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I think we're left to wonder that. And it's really interesting.
1: Definitely the slight way of them bringing it up makes you think about it exactly and then obviously now they know they have to go after drazi which can't wait to see how that plays out me too so now we are at a flower stand kind of outside in the street and then max we see him buying flowers and walking over to cindy and things seem to be going very well between the two of them and they kiss and then time starts slowing down again and drazi appears between them and the ring glowing green and he's like oh touching really touching cindy could you be a bigger fool he's still sleeping with his ex-wife he looks at you as a desperate lonely woman easy sex and then he says max she's nothing but a gold digging tramp who wants to hitch her wagon onto your big fat wallet just as soon as they marry you and kill you for the insurance And then he walks away and time goes back to normal and they start arguing with each other and Max walks into the street as they're fighting and gets hit by a car and Drowsy smiles.
0: (laughs) So I have some comments on this scene. I feel like the way that Drowsy is kind of playing into these really like sexist like remarks to kind of break them up and it makes me wonder, because, you know, he's kind of like, oh, she's a gold-digging tramp, like, is this the way that, like, because obviously he's bringing up something that's already in the back of Max's mind, and now I'm like, yeah. well, now I don't like Max, he sucks.
1: Yeah, I can't tell if it's, because they were mentioning the concerns before, like, um her being worried about his ex-wife, so obviously these thoughts are, like, already in their head, you know?
0: That's what I'm so, saying. Because I'm like, ew, he already has that thought going in the back yeah. of his mind.
1: Probably not the whole gold digging tramp thing. But maybe he's worried like, oh, my my ex-wife was using me for money. Like, what if she's doing that too? Like, maybe it's just a a slight thought like that. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the, the doubt because it seems like Drazi's just really doing everything in his power to make it sound like the worst it could be
0: you know yeah because like we know that that's already her fear and he's playing on that so that's why just like the comments about cindy are really bothering me here
1: yeah so yeah it kind of makes you wonder if like maybe max probably isn't saying gold digging tramp but probably like might be concerned that like is this because she really likes me or is this about my money I mean it is like kind of unfair but I mean you can't help your immediate thoughts of like you never know you know
0: I guess like maybe
1: he has experiences where like women just use him for money a lot and so that's why it's like a fear now
0: maybe but in my personal experiences like the only men who are concerned about women using them for money is men who don't have any money anyway so oh
1: my god it's so true you're right (laughs)
0: like if you're broke just say that i know (laughs) (laughs) so then we're back at the manor and cupid is like clutching his heart in pain and he falls to the floor. Piper sees and calls for Prue and Phoebe and they all run to him and ask what's wrong and he says it's Shrozzi he's killing love and the sisters all look at each other again high drama love it yeah
1: super high drama and it works for me
0: (laughs) yeah I like the physical effect of his like assignments being broken apart I think it's a cool way to kind of connect that so Yeah.
1: yeah definitely it definitely works well so now back in the street, the fire department is at the scene, and there's a cop taking a statement from Cindy, and she says, he just walked into traffic, dumbass. <laughs> is he gonna die? Because he should, you know. And then the sisters, like it moves over to them, and we see them uh, outside getting out of a car. We hear Cindy again, I don't think I've ever known someone who deserved to be hit by a car more than that guy. And that which is like, <laughs> a bit much <laughs> um and the sisters and them are walking over and they see max on the stretcher and cupid tells them that he matched him up with cindy last night she was afraid to risk love too phoebe and phoebe's like are you picking on me do you think it's easy finding love with all the demon hunting we have to do and he's like well your sisters don't seem to be having any problem and then she tells him to stay focused and Prue asks if she's sure, if he's sure it was Drazzy, and he is and he can sense that he's still there. Then he looks up and sees Drazzy down the street and points him out to the sisters and then Drazzy notices them and the smile on his face goes away. And Prue says, do you think he knows who we are? And we see Drazzy like start leaving and Piper's like apparently. And then Cupid asks if they have the potion and they do. So they all go after him and they're struggling playing to figure out how to stop and catch up to him uh and then prue falls down and astral projects to where he is and drowsy's like what and prue says surprise and she tries to move him with her power and her but apparently her astral self doesn't have powers so she picks up a piece of wood instead and hits him and he falls down and then she astral projects back into her body and then They explain to Cupid what happened, and Prue tells them that she slowed him down and for them to go get him and she'll catch up, and they all start running. So we find out here that Prue's power doesn't work in her astral self, which is like, so I don't know, it almost feels like her astral self is a little bit pointless. (laughs) But
0: <laughs> yeah I'm interested to see how this like astral projection power is gonna develop and be used as episodes yeah. go on I mean it is a new power she does still need to learn how to control it Um, but yeah I agree with you right now it does feel a little useless I mean it did help to slow right. him down but it didn't do too much to help them
1: right so I'm definitely excited to see how they you know add to it and use it in the future
0: Mm -hmm. me too and of course you know Cupid is continuing to pick on Phoebe about her Mm -hmm. lack of love and I'm excited to see how that storyline will keep developing too me too so then we're over behind the trolley and everyone catches up to Drazi just as he's getting up and he's like hiding behind witches skirts like he's making so many sexist comments and I just really hate him and then Piper's like you know has a quip for him and is like stealing things that don't belong to you so she freezes him Phoebe throws the potion and he unfreezes and starts like melting and screaming and so he's vanquished but Cupid's confused about where his ring went and Phoebe says so that's it we're done right you can just move on and Cupid's like you in a hurry to get rid of me Phoebe she says look Cupid I know you're just trying to help but do you ever think maybe I'm just not ready for love right now he says no you're more than ready she says you know what don't start just go He's like, well, I need the ring to get back. I mean, they'll issue me another one, but the problem is I need to get back to them. Prue asks if he's stuck there, and he says that, you know, they can come up with a potion and a spell to send him back. And then he says to Phoebe, do you care to help me with that potion? She's like, me? Why me? He says, because you're free tonight. They have dates. And Prue and Piper turn and walk away, and Phoebe looks annoyed, but Cupid is smiling. She asks what he's smiling at. He says, you, are they flirting? Sounds like that. (laughs) So they walk off together and once they're gone, we see that Drazi starts reforming and he looks at the ring and smiles and says, well, it looks like you can't kill love after all, but you sure can screw with it. And he starts walking off.
1: I love when shows like throw in the little like self, you know, when they're talking to themselves and they just have to say like, some dumbass line like that you know like like imagine doing that in real life i feel yeah, like if i just, just so stood there and make puns to no one all the time I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's just so funny because they in tv that happens a lot i feel like like i'm just standing like, there
0: i'm like you know jess they can't kill love yeah
1: but you sure can't screw with it like <laughs> just doesn't happen (laughs) it's really funny to think about things like that so obviously this didn't end as easily as they had hoped
0: exactly which we probably could have figured considering we're so early into the episode exactly
1: no this is this is the end it just ends just like that
0: it was actually a 20 minute episode
1: yeah We never come to a resolution about Phoebe with love. (laughs) (laughs) It just ends with him picking on her. But yeah, I see a little flirtiness going on between the two. So
0: yeah, I'm excited for their next scene and to talk more about it then. But there's definitely a little something, something going on there. Exactly.
1: All right. So now we are at P3 and it's night time. And Prue, Jack, Dan, and Piper are by the bar, I guess, having another double date. And then Prue is looking at Piper's necklace and asking if she likes it. And Dan tells Piper that Prue helped her pick it out. And Piper's like, well, thank you both. And um, I'll, I'll thank you again later. And she kisses Dan. And then Jack says, wow, if that's all it takes, where can I buy one? And everyone laughs. Um, okay. Disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> And then Prue walks away and Jack suggests that they get a table and some food. Uh a little gross, but so gross. I am
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jack. Like we this is I think this brings me back to what you were saying a couple episodes ago about how he kind of puts on a show in front of other people. Because we got this thing that like last night when it was just him and Prue, right? They talked all night. It was very nice. It was very romantic. But then they're in front of another couple and he's making these like gross sexual comments.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So it definitely makes you think if that's the kind of personality he has, which is how it seems to be. Mm-hmm. For sure.
0: Yeah. But I think it's cute that Dan went to Prue to like kind of pick out a gift for Piper. I feel like that's very realistic. Like I know that. Yeah, that was adorable. Couples I know, like they'll go to like someone else and be like, oh, do you think like, like for example, like a lot of times when Aunt has picked out gifts for Ash, I mean, I don't have good taste and stuff like that. So like he'll go to Amanda and be like, oh, do you think Ash would like this? You know what I mean? Right, right. It's very sweet. It is. So then we're at the manor and we're in the kitchen. And Phoebe and Cupid are working on the potion together, and she's saying how she can't believe she's stuck here doing the grunt work while there, and he's like twisting the night away. Don't blame them. She says she's not blaming anybody, it's just she's here, and he says, stuck with me. He says, I'm sorry, but did you do something specific to tick Drazi off, or did he just find your honesty to be a complete and total pain in the ass? And he tells her that Drazi fell in love with a mortal woman, and he redirected her love towards a mortal man away from Drazi. She's married now, very happy, but Drazi blames me for denying him love. And she says, so are you telling me that demons love? And he says, "Uh uh-huh, frighteningly so. Love of evil, love of fear, sometimes love of the very things they hate. In this case, a human being you know, if a demon can open his heart, there's hope for you too, Phoebe. And she says, my heart is not closed. It's open, just not to everybody. And he says, no, your heart is closed. She says, I'm picky. He says, no, you're terrified. And she's like, of what? What am I terrified of? And he says, I don't know. You tell me. And she doesn't want to play this game. So she starts stirring the potion, but she's doing it wrong. He goes up behind her and like, puts his arms around her and is like helping her stir. Mm -hmm. And they're like very close to each other. And he tells her the key ingredient is desire to go home because home is where your heart is. And he asks if she's afraid of loss. And she says, I swear, if you barf up, it's better to have loved and lost than to never have loved at all. I might just have to. And he starts laughing and she leans back closer to him after smelling the potion And he says, so tell me, what has not loving gotten you? She says, it's kept me safe. He asks, what from? She says, people leaving. He asks if it's about her mother. She says, yeah. He says, and your father? She says, and you? He says, are you falling for me? And she moves away and says, no. He says, ladies and gentlemen, Phoebe Halliwell, running away from love. You're Cupid, okay? You're you're the one that's leaving me. He says, look, Phoebe, What I am is the potential for true love. That's all. Because once you let love in, it'll never leave. Don't confuse the message with the messenger. It's what you've always done. See, messengers make mistakes. They get lost. They run away. They even die. But their message, open your heart. It comes from life itself. Hear it for my sake and yours. And they look at each other and then she looks down.
1: So I like that we're coming back to this idea of, can demons love you know i know we've talked about it before in previous episodes and i guess i guess that they can you know but i feel like we also get told sometimes that demons can't love so it's a little inconsistent but you know i guess we'll continue down the line see if that kind of changes or we see any more consistency in those ways
0: Yeah, I'm interested in that too. I feel like the universe hasn't established clear rules for whether or not evil can feel what we consider to be love. You know, the way he's kind of talking about it here is that he's kind of describing love as this intense passion. So what exactly that means, we can figure out as things continue to happen. But I totally agree that the show is being inconsistent about whether or not evil is capable of love as of right now.
1: Yes, basically, everything you're saying. i'm I'm wondering how they're gonna um continue it if it's like they feel actual love or if it's kind of like heat and passion that demons feel, you know?
0: Yeah. I'm also like the way him and Phoebe are talking in this scene and like the kind of link there is between them, the chemistry, it's really interesting to me. And mm-hmm. I mean, we could talk more about it as we see more scenes with them throughout the episode. But, like, there's definitely something there for Phoebe. And I'm wondering why it's kind of him of all people that she's, even though she's staying closed off to him, there's this little bit of something there. And it's really interesting to me.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's not so much him as it is love. I mean, that's what he is. He is love. And I feel like that's what Phoebe is really for falling for right now like that idea that she can love again opening her heart like because a lot of the way that they're talking when he's like when she's like I'm afraid of leaving like or people leaving like you and it's like well you guys just met so does she mean like him or does she mean love you know like Mm -hmm. so I kind of can't tell which is which sometimes I feel like this is more of just a way to open her up a little I don't see it as like a long lasting thing but you never know you know I don't know exactly how it is another thing I was wondering is I mean this woman that he took away from Drazi is obviously like he said that she's married now and very happy like it must have been a long time ago you know and if it was that easy for Drazi to get like the ring why did it take him this long to go after
0: Cupid good question maybe it was like a Piper and Dan situation they just moved in after two months of dating
1: seriously like did they just got married immediately or like how did this happen and why is he just now at- attacking you for it I don't know yeah. I mean it's just a little like because like they can sense each it. other
0: right so it's not like it took him a while to find each other yeah no
1: not at all I mean, I guess he said, I've been looking for you everywhere. Maybe the ring protects him or something. So I don't know, maybe maybe it's something like that. Some sort of luck. So now we are back at P3 and we see Jack and Prue are sitting at a table with Piper and Dan. Jack says, having an in with the owners of one of the hottest clubs in town does have its benefits. And Dan says, free chicken wings. And Jack's like, to name one. Then Piper says to Dan, and the pleasure of our company. Dan's like, into name two more. And she thanks him. And then he kisses her on the forehead. So Piper and Prue go to the bathroom. And then they're outside the bathroom and they're waiting in line. And Prue says, You're okay with that, aren't you? And she's like, Piper's like, Okay with what? And she's talking about the necklace. And Prue's like, I mean, I don't really want you to be mad at me. She's like, Why would I be mad at you? She's like, Because I let Dan buy it for you. And Piper says that it's okay. Prue's like, and you don't wish that it came from Leo? She's like, no, I don't really. And then Prue talks about feeling strange because of how well things are going for them with the guys. She says it feels like they're finally finding a balance in their lives between the witch stuff and the regular stuff. Piper says, except that there's still our little secret. She's like, oh, Piper, everybody has secrets, including Jack and Dan. And then there's like, A horrible transphobic joke there that wouldn't have flown today. And then Pru agrees that they're never going to have normal lives. But that doesn't mean that they can't try sometimes. And then Piper says, with someone like Dan, perhaps? And Pru says, with whoever, my sweet girl, I just want you to be loved. And she hugs her. And then the person comes out and they go in the bathroom.
0: So, I mean, the transphobic comment just no good why do they have to throw that in there didn't like it um but as far as the rest of the scene goes I mean overall this is a really good sister scene I like the girl talk that we're having where Prue's asking her about Leo this is the second time this episode he's coming up and I'm really interested in kind of what's still there between them i feel like this is like we were doing last season they're dropping hints of a return for leo so i'm interested to know when that's gonna happen and what's gonna happen when he comes back Mm -hmm. because it seemed like last time they saw each other they did have that final goodbye we're not gonna work together anymore conversation yeah
1: even though they have done it a couple of times where i feel like they say their goodbyes and then it doesn't really end and you can tell that the way they leave things like they don't want it to end mm-hmm. so we kind of always have this idea floating in our heads that maybe leo is going to come back
0: exactly you know? yeah
1: and now they're mentioned here they are mentioning his name again and again and you know obviously it's not over between them yeah at least it doesn't seem like it right now
0: it reminds me of like in the notebook when he's like it wasn't over It's still not over. Like, that's how I feel. about (laughs) You know, Piper.
1: (laughs) Seriously. So back at the table, we see Jack and Dan and they're talking and Jack says, Dan, I'll never understand the whole tandem pit stop thing that women do. And he's like, yeah, speaking of mysteries, you know, Piper has this strange habit of just sort of and Jack finishes his sentence and is like vanishing. And he's like, yeah, says Prue does it, too. And Dan's like, I figured that. Does it bug you? And Jack's like, a little, but I'm not going to give her the third degree about it. And then Dan says, no, it's like time just stands still for seconds. And when it starts up again, she's like a totally different person. And then Jack says that he should ask her about it. Um, And he's like, I know I have. And she gives me the runaround. And then Jack's like, then don't ask. And he nods. And Phoebe and Cupid walk up. And she asks where Prue and Piper are, and Jack tells her. Then he notices Cupid and asks if they've met before, and Dan agrees, looking he lo- saying he looks familiar, and he's like, I've been around. And then him and Phoebe walk away, and Dan's like, see, and that's another thing. There's strange guys that always show up at their place. They pop in, they pop out. Who the hell are they? And Drowsy walks down the stairs. We see him coming down. And Jack says, it sounds like someone's falling in love. And he's like, yeah, maybe. And then he drinks and Jack laughs. And then we see Drowsy's ring green as he looks at the two of them.
0: So, you know, I like the guy talk here. I like that they're kind of opening up to each other about the relationship. I like the way that, you know, and this is giving me another impression that the same way that Prue can't really be super serious with Jack like it doesn't seem like he's that serious about Prue yet either because he's kind of like well just don't ask her you know what I mean just kind of go along with it and then there's this idea that Dan can't because the feelings he has for Piper are much more serious as we say see here like he's in love with Piper
1: yeah that's why he's got more of these questions and wondering and also the little hint drop about the like these people that come into their house these different guys, like obviously, you're talking about Leo. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, it, it's he's jelly.
1: Yeah, he's he's heard about it, and of course, we get this idea that Drowsy is gonna attack their couples next.
0: Exactly, and it as... kind of sucks too because the
1: girls had mentioned that they were like, it finally feels like we're finding a balance in the, in our lives, and that's got to feel like so relieving to them, you know, like they're finally getting. hang of things and for it to like maybe not turn out that way that they were expecting right after they just had that conversation is like ah
0: yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) all right anyways so then Mm -hmm. we're back over by the bathroom prue and piper walk out as phoebe and cupid approach them and they greet each other and piper says that things are going well and prue says that it's early to tell but you know it's a maybe Phoebe has the potion and the spell ready and Piper says they can do it in the stock room. They're just going to go tell the boys that they'll be back in a few minutes, which to me makes no sense. But for plot's sake, I guess they have to return to the table real quick. <laughs> <Yeah>. You're <laughs> so, already gone, so. <laughs> literally, like just stay gone a few more minutes. Yeah. But whatever. So they go back to the table and they sit down and time slows down and Drazi walks over. He says, Dan, Piper still loves Leo. Always has, always will. You are nothing more than geographically desirable. After all, a girl can't get much closer than the stud next door. Then he goes, Jack, Jack, Jack. Does the term transition man mean anything to you? Well, it should, because Prue is using you. You are everything she always knew she never wanted. And now for you, Piper. Then we cut back outside the stockroom and... Cupid starts feeling pain again, and Phoebe asks him what's wrong, and they realize Drozzy's alive. So I really wish we got to hear what he said to Piper and Prue. Like, it's really sad that we don't get to know. I know.
1: I was thinking the same thing. Like, we never got to hear what he used against them, which it doesn't- I mean, I assume Prue was something like Oh, he's just using you for sex, blah, blah, blah. But what yeah. could he have said for Dan? Like, why did Piper get all pissed about Dan?
0: Literally, like, Dan what is could perfect. Have why, I know. What could you be mad about? Like, I'm really curious as to what he used against Dan. It was probably something having to do with Dan's jealousy, because I feel like that's Dan's only flaw, even though I mean, it's not really a flaw because he's right. She does still love Leo. Yeah, exactly. So then we go back to the table, and Drazi walks away, and time goes back to normal. Dan gets up and he's like super mad. He's like, you know, why don't you just admit it? You're just using me to make Leo jealous, aren't you? And Piper's like, can't you just leave him out of this? And Dan says, I'd love to. What about you? (laughs) And Phoebe's walking over and can see that they're all fighting. And then Jack's going off. He's like, rebound, guy. Is that it? What makes you think I'm going to take this crap? And she says, what? And you think I'm just going to jump in the sack with you on the second date? Why don't you just drop dead? And then Piper's saying, I can't believe you're still threatened by him. Dan says, you think I'm an idiot? You think I don't know? Then Cupid's, like, clutching his chest as he's walking through the crowd. And Phoebe from behind them is like, um, you guys. And everyone says to Phoebe, shut up. And then Drazi walks out, and the couples break up. Piper gives Dan the necklace back. She's like, And he goes, I'm sure that Leo will just replace it with something that means more anyway. Piper says, probably. i love it and they all separate and phoebe's saying to wait but no one listens to her Cupid says it's not them phoebe they're caught in drazi's spell if he did this then why couldn't you sense him phoebe asks and he says because i thought he was dead then prue and piper look back at them and prue's like super pissed off she's like are you still here and piper says none of this would have ever happened if you would have just left us alone now get out get out of my club He starts to leave and Phoebe tries to stop him and Prue tells him to also leave and then Phoebe goes over to them and she's like, listen to me, okay? You guys are under a spell. Piper says, if you're with him, why don't you go too? Now, Phoebe is a part owner of the club. You can't kick her out. Yeah. Um, But anyway, so they both walk away. She goes back to Cupid. She says, we banquish Drazi. How is this happening? And Cupid says the ring must have saved him. He thinks maybe if destroying love will kill him, maybe fixing... The love connections will kill Drazi. And Phoebe says that he can't do it without the ring. He says, well, I've got you. Your heart's as big and as true as any I've ever seen, Phoebe. You'll be my ring. And she's confused, but goes with him anyway when he says they need to start with the first couple that Drazi tore apart and they leave.
1: This like immediate aggression towards everyone around them is like a bit dramatic to me. But I mean, I get it because like, He turned it to hate, like hate. So that's, you know, what. Right. And like love, hate
0: is a really passionate emotion. So I guess that's where all the fire is coming from here. Again, this is another like group chaotic scene that works really well. I've been loving them all season. And this is another one of those scenes for me.
1: Yeah. This one, it's, it worked really well to me too.
0: I'm like interested, but also like Phoebe confused about how Cupid plans on kind of using her as the ring. I think it's a little. Weird,
1: but yeah, it doesn't make too much. I'm interested sense. to
0: see how it plays out.
1: So, back at the manor, Prue and Piper are walking into the living room, still all pissed off. And Prue's like, I cannot believe Jack. And she's like, Jack, what about Dan? We're out on a date and he accuses me of being in love with someone else. Prue's like, totally out of line. And they sit down on the couch. Piper's like, We're better off without them. And she, she says, Well, it's certainly not worth crying over. And Piper's like, I've never hated someone so much in my entire life. Prue's like, me neither. And then Piper says, although I have to admit, some of the things Dan said were kind of true. I do still think about Leo sometimes. She's like, and Prue's like, hmm, Jack wasn't wrong when he said I was on the rebound. And then she's like, still, it's all so weird. I mean, one minute, the four of us are laughing and having a great time. And the next, we're all acting like we hate each other. And then Prue starts to think about Drowsy, but Piper says that they vanquished him already. Um, And then they kind of like cuddle up next to each other. And Prue's like, Jack's scum. And Piper says, so is Dan. And then they're like kind of joking around. They're like, are you scum? And she's like, no, I'm not scum. I knew you weren't. And they both start laughing and having a little sister moment.
0: (laughs) So again, I like the conversation here. I like that, you know, Prue's kind of picking up on the idea that something's wrong, that it doesn't seem right, right? Because that they had these yeah. feelings, but they're kind of like rejecting it. They're like, no, we vanquished him. And then of course we have the little cute sister moment at the end. Exactly. And I like how, you know, again, these fears that Drazi kind of inspired in them are based on real feelings they have and like <laughs> what's actually below the surface, which again is why I think that gold digging comment bothered me so much in the right scene.
1: Yeah, no, I get it. Because it definitely stems from- what they're thinking
0: exactly so then we're back at the office building and phoebe and cupid spot cindy and he wants phoebe to go talk to her about their fears because they both have the same fears so she comes down the stairs and cupid says hi to her and she's kind of like do i know you he says no but we know about you and we know about max how is he and cindy says i don't know She says she's sorry about what happened and starts to leave, but Phoebe follows her. She says, look, sooner or later, Max's pain will go away, but yours won't. She's like, excuse me? She's like, I mean, it hasn't yet, has it? The pain of love loss deepens if you don't deal with it. I know what it's like, believe me. I closed myself off to love too because I was afraid. You know what? Fear and love cannot live in the same house. And Cupid tells her that she's starting to get to her. She says, it's because the people that we love eventually leave us, so we've given up on love. And Cindy's like, you mean love's given up on me? Phoebe says it hasn't, it can't. Your fear of loss has left you paralyzed. Believe me, I know, but you can change that. You can take the risk and love again. And then she makes like a weird comment that Cupid tells her that is actually a reference to suicide. And then she (laughs) like kind of goes back on it and tells her to go see Max and let go of her hate her fear and doubt and tell him what's in her heart so she admits that she loves max and then asks who they are phoebe says that they're messengers and cindy thanks them and then leaves cupid says i'm starting to feel better already you were good she's like i was good wasn't i he says yes ma'am she says so why do i feel like that was more for my sake than cindy's and he says, because to let love in, you have to overcome the obstacles within yourself. And she says they need to fix Piper and Prue's connections. He says the more couples they fix, the more drowsy will be after them. And Phoebe's like, isn't that the plan? And he says, yeah, I just want to make sure you know what you're getting into. And they look at each other, and then he walks away, and she smiles and follows after him. So again, more of that little, like, flirty banter between the two of them.
1: Yes very adorable. Um I like this idea of kind of having Phoebe be the one to relay the message to Cindy and get it through to her because Phoebe has the same fears and it's kind of like she's telling herself the same thing, you know, this is how she's working through it too, kind of mirroring her own emotions
0: exactly because I think they both have this feeling that they've been abandoned so being able to connect on that and have this conversation I think is really healing for both of them like Phoebe was saying
1: yeah although I mean Cupid did just get them together last night he admitted that and they're like acting like they've been dating for six years like I <laughs> do love him like you met last night <laughs> like relax
0: Well, I was thinking, like, they work together, and they've kind of liked each other for a while as friends, and last night was, like, their first real date or whatever, so maybe she does have feelings for him, but you're right, it is soon to be like, I love him.
1: Yeah, and, like, them being like, like, you love him, you need to go to him, blah, 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 like, does she really? I mean, it wasn't, the relationship wasn't that deep yet, (laughs) but I mean, I get it. So now we are in the alleyway and a couple is talking nearby and Drazi approaches them and rubs his hands together like he's about to break them up too. And then we kind of cut to the hospital and we see Max being pushed in a wheelchair by a nurse and then Cindy approaches him with flowers and he says they didn't have any roses and she apologizes and he says that he didn't mean anything that he said either and then back in the alleyway we see drowsy is in pain and falls over and he says cupid you think you can undo what i've done you're dead and he gets up and starts walking so it is working just loves talking to himself i know he really does dude like it's (laughs) a little weird but i mean do you (laughs) yeah
0: but yeah no like you said it's working um They are starting to reverse Drazi's magic by undoing this, and it's having a physical effect on him the same way that breaking up the couples was on Cupid. Exactly. So then we go back to the manor, and the doorbell rings. Piper opens it, and it's Jack and Dan. And Jack says, this better be good. Piper's like, am I supposed to know what you're talking about? Dan says, don't buy the innocent act. She pulls it all the time. And they walk into the house uninvited. And Piper's like, I beg your pardon, and follows after them because, you know, they just walked into her house. And Dan's like, just cut to the chase, Piper. Why did you call? She's like, what? I didn't. And then Jack starts calling for Prue. He's like, Prue, I want to talk to you. Dan pulls out his pager and shows a message from her saying to come to the house ASAP. And Piper goes, oh, that's really pathetic. Paging yourself? (laughs) and jack calls for prue again and she comes down the stairs and asks why he's there and he says that she called and piper asks what's going on and that's when phoebe and cupid walk in and they say hate, and it's gotta stop i asked jack and dan to come over here and piper asks what cupid is still doing there and he says he's trying to help them phoebe tells everyone to get on the couch and jack's like phoebe just mind your own business and prue says hey don't talk to my sister like that And then Phoebe gets louder and they all kind of start going towards the living room.
1: So interesting moment here. I'm still loving the little anger between the group, you know, like this hate feeling and that little comment paging yourself. That's so funny. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? (laughs) But also, why did Jack and Dan show up at the same time? I know, like they were already together. Like, I don't know. They're like best buds.
0: literally like they were out for a couple beers and then they were like oh they paged us let's go yeah let's head on over (laughs) i like the way like you know when jack was like phoebe mind your business prue was like don't talk to my sister like that
1: (laughs) yeah damn right that's how you gotta do you gotta let them know yeah now we see outside Drazi is struggling to walk across the street in pain hitting into cars and like setting off alarms and everything and back at the manor in the living room piper asks phoebe what's going on and dan asks cupid if he's all right because he's like still holding his chest and everything and he says he's having a rough day and phoebe says you're all acting like you're under some kind of spell and piper and prue are both like phoebe she's like would you stop thinking and just feel Look, I know that some ugly things were said tonight, but you can get past that. And Prue says, assuming that we want to. And she says, I know you want to. And Cupid says, remember how you felt the first time uh, you saw Jack? Jack's like, how would you know? And Prue's like, yeah, I hated him. Cupid's like, my point exactly. Opposites attract. But after a while, he started to make you smile, didn't he? He made you laugh. Look at him again and remember that. And they look at each other and she smiles. And then cut to outside, we see Drazi across the street from the manor by a tree still in pain. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like the way that they're, you know, before it was magic that they used to set these couples up and then break them apart. And now they're using just reality and like talking to them and working through problems to get it through. There's a very natural side to this episode and I like it.
0: Yeah. And you know, the thing is, all Cupid does in his, like, with his powers is slow down time so he can say it to them in their heads, right? Mm-hmm. But here it's having to have actual conversations with them. So I like that it's always the same thing. It's just eliminating their fears and kind of awakening their openness to love in a different way. Yeah, exactly. Some are back in the living room and Cupid can sense that Drazi is nearby and Phoebe says, and Piper. I watch you when you talk to Dan, and I see light and warmth and hope, and I know you still feel that way. Dan, you don't need someone whispering in your ear telling you not to trust Piper. Trust yourself. And Dan says, I'm not saying you have to tell me everything, but when you deliberately keep secrets from me, I... And Piper says, it's not because I want to. I told you, it just has nothing to do with you. And he asks if it has anything to do with Leo. She says, no, it has to do with you and me and what I would like us to become. And the couples are both looking at each other, and Cupid tells Phoebe it's working. She asks where Drazi Drazi is, and Cupid tells her that he's close. Then Phoebe tells the guys to go get some stuff from the corner market, and Jack's like, so you guys want to talk? And Phoebe says, yes, that's very good. You're quick. And the guys leave. So Phoebe sits down on the couch with her sisters, and Prue's like, What the hell is going on? She tells them Drazi isn't dead and is on his way there. Piper asks what they do now. Phoebe says, Exactly what you're doing right now. You let Dan and Jack back into your hearts. Prue's like, Hold up. I don't love Jack. Cupid says, No, but you like him a lot, and it's helped make you open to love. And then he's like, Oh no, just as Drazi enters, and he says, Hello, lover boy. And. I love it. <laughs> He grabs Cupid and sticks his hand into his chest and Piper freezes them. And she's like, okay, so much for loving him to death. What do we do with him now? And Phoebe goes over and takes the ring off him and puts it on Cupid. Then Piper asks how she can be sure it'll work. Phoebe says, I can't, but love is a risk. If he's taught me anything, it's that. So she throws the potion at the two of them. And again, Drazi starts melting. He's like, no, not again. And he turns into like a black puddle. And Piper asks if he's gone this time. Cupid said, yeah, he's definitely gone. I've never felt better. Phoebe smiles at him and him at her. He says, I knew you could do it, and now I have to go. She says, I know. He says, I won't be far. Don't mourn me, Phoebe. Remember me. Celebrate me. And seek me out. And they kiss, and Piper and Prue are like watching. And then Cupid and Phoebe keep looking at each other and this glowing heart appears on his chest and he teleports out. And then Phoebe turns to her sisters, says, now that boy can kiss. And they all smile.
1: Pretty cute. I like the ending. It worked for me. I mean, the way that they put it on, they took the ring off and gave it back to Cupid um, and brought the couples all back together in the end. And Phoebe kind of opening up to this idea of love and taking more risks and losing that fear you know it all it all worked out well in the end
0: yeah and I think in this final scene and their final conversation I really get what you were saying about before like it's not him that she's falling for it's like the idea of love so I definitely do see that there
1: exactly because she was he was like celebrate me seek me out obviously talking about love too you know
0: Mm -hmm. yeah
1: also another thing that I've always thought was like weird about this scene every time I've seen it is when she's like it has nothing to do with you and Dan's like is it about Leo? And she's like, no, it's about you and me. But like you just said it has nothing to do with it. you know what I mean? Every time I hear it it just cracks me up because she's like it's a, right. it's not about you, but it's about you and me. Like what? It doesn't make any sense, but every time I hear it it makes me laugh. But Dan bought it. So there we go. Yeah. It worked. Dan didn't didn't seem to care. So now we are at the movie theater and Jack, Dan, Piper, and Prue are all walking out together from another movie. And Phoebe is walking a few feet behind. And then a guy runs up to her apologizing for almost forgetting to validate their parking. And it's the guy, Kevin, who bailed on her at the beginning. And he apologizes for canceling the other night. And she says love means never having to say you're sorry and he's like what (laughs) she says it's nothing we saw love story here the other night and never mind and he says i love that movie she's like me too now and they walk together up to the rest of the group and they're all going to get coffee so kind of cute how they recreated like the same situation that they were in in the beginning and this time having phoebe there Uh, I kind of hate the little cliche love, like, (laughs) saying that Phoebe said, but, I mean, you know, it is what it is. She had this eye-opening experience, so I guess it's fine.
0: (laughs) And, I mean, it does connect back to the beginning of the movie, because that is from the movie Love Story, and it is the one they saw at the beginning, so, like, it makes sense, but, like, I get what Mm -hmm. you're saying. I also do love that saying, though, because I'm a cheesy little bitch, but, like... (laughs)
1: just a little little cliche <laughs>
0: yeah no it definitely is but they did it on purpose and you can tell yeah so it works for no, me yeah, I and you know we get the idea that phoebe's opening to love and they did do that triple date
1: exactly so are we gonna see kevin again is kevin gonna have a future appearance
0: i'm highly is this doubtful. phoebe's
1: new new love interest or are they just introducing him for plot's sake and we're never gonna see him again
0: I'm definitely leaning towards that
1: option. Yeah, me too. <laughs> definitely seems that way. I mean, he was in barely one scene.
0: <laughs> Literally, got two lines. I don't think we're going to see him again. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Overall, I think it was a really nice episode. Season two has been full of like just hit after hit, you know? Been so great this I would say I still think is a really good episode but probably one of my least favorites of the season so far
0: I totally agree I never think of this episode as like an episode I love or yeah want to watch consistently or anything it's not a bad episode at all it's just considering all the episodes that came before it in this season it doesn't feel as impactful to me like there are good moments and it's a good episode but it's just not super strong and it's not really pushing forward any huge plots other than the little bits of Piper and Leo we see and you know this idea of Phoebe opening her heart would have been more compelling like you said earlier had this idea been introduced earlier and this been building up to that exactly then this episode would
1: have seemed more connected and more important to the season to the characters and everything you know
0: yeah totally
1: exactly that's where I'm at with this episode still a good one just like you said you know
0: yeah just not as good as some others we've already seen yeah thanks for listening to this week's episode if you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media we're on instagram and tiktok at rewitched underscore pod you can also send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com And join us back next time for season two, episode 11, Reckless Abandon.